Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. Good morning, Richard. Uh, Good afternoon. No. (laughs) Richard has thrust me out of bed. Said, AJ, AJ, where are you? I need to record. Well, I'm just, I I just am ready at the uh, time we agreed upon. Um, Did we say 12? uh, We said midday. Midday. It's not even 12.30. Like... is this a genuine thing from you that you're no, one of the- i think i think uh, it would have been helpful to know what time you had to you didn't tell i don't think you told me that right i think if i anyway if i sound a little flustered it's because i was asleep uh 15 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> and i was uh patiently waiting um to start the record well, I was I was sleeping in because I was up quite late last night planning this episode that we're going to do today on film franchise fortnights on the Cold Pops podcast. My name is AJ. I haven't had my coffee today. Let's see how this madness goes. Richard, have you had your coffee today? No, I don't really drink coffee that much. What? All right. Well. <laughs> You're better than me, clearly. Uh, limping slowly towards the finish line as if we were the Pharaoh Caris himself, we end our ancient Egyptian pilgrimage that has been the Mummy franchise this week. And after a month of episodes discussing the undead universal monster IP in its many different forms, cannons, and bandages. <laughs> IP in its many different forms. Yep. There we go. I had a joke as well, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's lost in the, the, the butt. I probably made my joke quieter so people could hear your joke because I'm sacrificial like that. <laughs> Can't even get up on time. But uh, This week we've, we've taken somewhat of a left turn into the wider Mesopotamia for a strange technicality within the Mummy universe. The five films in the Scorpion King spin-off series, which exists as part of the largest Stephen Sommers Mummy universe, more well-known for The Mummy 1999, The Mummy Returns, and The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Empire. It's technically a spin-off Emperor. to The Mummy Returns. Yeah, I even wrote Emperor. I even changed it from Empire <laughs> to Emperor three times when I mentioned it in this this episode plan. Uh, yeah, so this is the Scorpion King's like the bad guy at the end of The Mummy Returns, and this is the prequel about that guy in ancient 
West Africa, I guess. The five Scorpion King films take place approximately 5,000 years uh, before he shows up as the final boss in The Mummy Returns, beginning with Dwayne The Rock Johnson reprising his role for the lone theatrical release of the spin-off series in 2002 with The Scorpion King, though he would not return for its follow-up films, the most recent of which mind-bogglingly dropped on VOD in 2018, <laughs> uh, technically making the Sommers Mummy unit universe outlast the tom cruise led dark universe film in 2017 and and one of those rare examples where a franchise returns to an older canon after rebooting it i doubt they were in conversation in this case (laughs) probably didn't didn't realize but technically all these films are canon to the mummy Hmm. um so the films we'll be talking about today include the scorpion king in 2002 its prequel the scorpion king 2 rise of a warrior in 2008 then three more sequels the scorpion king 3 quest for power in 2012 the scorpion king 4 battle for redemption in 2015 and finally the scorpion king book of souls in 2018 um with this we have what i believe is film franchise Fortnite's first and maybe the world's only uh a sequel to a sequel to a sequel to a prequel to a spin-off to a sequel to a remake uh, which every entry on imdb updates this the chain and the trivia mm. although yeah it is a little bit even muddier than that because scorpion king 2 is a prequel to scorpion king 1 but then scorpion mm. king 3 is a sequel to that prequel more than it's a sequel to scorpion king 1 yeah in a lot of ways i think and well actually no i would say i would disagree actually i think it's way more acknowledging the events of the original scorpion king film well I, it's more just that they're like fucking trash and lost their budget <laughs> sure <laughs> like so it's that, like, i don't know if i mentioned that these are all fucking trash <laughs> the scorpion king two three four and five are more of a package than the first one Cur- yes sorry yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um oh that right yes no i agree um in, in the sense that they are the, the money grubbing straight to DVD sequels. Yeah. So we'll begin talking about that first film, the theatrically released Scorpion King in 2002, released one year after The Mummy Returns, which mm. means that they would have planned to make this before the they mummy returns have, yeah. had come out yeah <laughs> they were they were that confident in this new actor they'd discovered who the, some some professional wrestler that calls himself the, the rolling stone or something like that um but this was directed by chuck russell who has directed two other films that we've covered on film franchise four nights both i would argue a lot better than this film can <laughs> you guess what they are uh chuck russell i re- i re- recognize the name um mm-hmm. but can you give me some kind of clue um one is part of a previous redux we've done and one is uh not really known as being a franchise it's just got a famous film that chuck russell directed and then uh what a lot regard as the one of the worst films of all time as its sequel uh so he, he did he direct a um freddie vs jason film yes yeah yeah which one uh nightmare on elm street three dream warriors like one the, of the the good one top films yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah no, the uh look who's talking no the mask he directed the mask oh, nice. which as it's strange to be like i guess i didn't know who directed the mask until this 
Mm. I kind of thought I would know the name, but I didn't. Yeah, interesting uh, filmography. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, what is it? What does the Scorpion King have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, like thirty. Uh, it has forty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but that won't matter for this episode. What will matter is its audience score, uh, which is thirty-eight mm. percent, uh, because none of the other movies have critic yeah, scores. It felt like one of those. <laughs> we're back. We're back doing what we do best, <laughs> making our lives a lot worse by trying to watch really bad sequels. Um, so, what is the Scorpion King about? Uh, Scorpion King, an ancient Gomorrah. Thousands of years before the pyramids, the remaining free nomadic tribes are forced to form an uneasy alliance to put an end to mighty King Memnon's reign of tyranny. Mm. One of the few survivors and the last of the Arcadians, the brave assassin Matthias, is entrusted with the impossible task of executing Memnon's fortune-telling sorceress Cassandra, only to Mm. find himself up against a seemingly indestructible evil army. Now, with the help of his powerful new allies, including the great warrior Balthazar, Matthias returns to the legendary city to infiltrate Memnon's impenetrable fortress in the desert and exact his revenge. And then mm. becomes the Scorpion King. <laughs> well, sort of. It's 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 a strange... It's not... If you go, right, we're making a Scorpion King movie, I don't think it's the movie I thought it would be. Like, it's not really about how he became the character we see in the prologue of The Mummy Returns, where yeah. he's, you know, winning battles Commanding for, an army for and decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I my review of this film would be, it's exactly what you fucking think it is. <laughs> right. No, that's another way to put it. And it, <laughs> I guess both ways make sense to me. Yeah. Um, this is our second multi-part franchise in a row uh, to feature Michael Clark Duncan after he showed up in Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he plays Balthazar in a role which proves that, like, The Rock in this film, this is The Rock's first leading man role, uh, and yeah. he, Michael Clark, he makes Michael Clark Duncan look like probably a better actor than he was because michael clark duncan is so much better than anyone else in this movie i thought Uh, Uh, michael clark duncan's good i know i know but i've never specifically thought of him as like this incredible actor until watching him act off um a fresh from the wwe dwayne the rock johnson uh what did you think of this movie uh i thought it was it was garbage Mm -hmm. i liked your letterboxd review what did that say Uh, um what does it say? Shall I just say it, or do you want the clout? Uh, have you do got you... it written down or something? No, you j- I just remember what you said. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> you said something like, if you like this movie, you're a bad person. <laughs> uh, that was, I think that might have been for the second film I said that. Uh, I don't think it was, because <laughs> I would have been upset, because the second film was my favourite of the five. Wow. Although I wouldn't say I like. Oh yeah, it, so. yeah. I said this movie is garbage, and you're a bad person if you like it. It was for the first there one. Go. Yeah. There you go. The second yeah, one, I said, "Fuck film. this garbage." <laughs> <laughs> terrible film. Uh, the screenplay I was heartbroken to discover was co-written by Stephen Sommers himself, casting a very large shadow over my suggestion last week that Stephen Sommers gets it uh, because this movie does not get it. Uh, yeah. This movie does not fucking rock. This movie uh, is. So I thought this was so bad. I had, I must have seen it before. At some point, me and my brother must have watched The Scorpion King because of its tenuous relationship with these movies right. we loved. Um, because I knew what happened. And the it. fact that it's only a year later, it's like 
yeah yeah i remember i remember we must have had the mummy returns on vhs and before it was a trailer for the scorpion king and i remember being like eight years old and not really understanding what a spin-off was and just being like why is the guy this random guy i'll never see again who played the scorpion king why is he talking he doesn't talk in the movie what's (laughs) going on so aside from just being piss poor action and an abysmal performance by this random dude playing the scorpion king um this was actually during a time when he was legally still allowed to be called the rock uh i looked this this is pretty interesting vince mcmahon owns the trademark of the rock and is credited as an executive producer on the scorpion king (laughs) for the exclusive purpose of being able to say starring the rock which is is interesting now because it feels like dwayne johnson i haven't heard dwayne johnson refer to himself as the rock in years like Mm. it's like he doesn't want anyone to call him that anymore even though everyone still calls him that yeah (laughs) Um, but anyway it's also a fucking gross movie everybody a massive part of the plot uh revolves around the only main female character's virginity Mm. uh the the uh cassandra who's the soothsayer or the fortune teller um if she loses her virginity she can't use her fortune telling powers anymore and matthias has sex with her he takes her he takes the property of memnon and <laughs> corrupts it and it, it's and she, after that she's no longer able to use her fortune telling abilities and this perpetuates that super damaging like you know the, the like romanticization of a woman's virginity like mm. Do you know what I mean? Like this is this is something that I believed for a long time was that like that there was a the the like, like the I, like the chewing gum metaphor. Yeah, sure. Tell tell me. So that. The, this this is something that's like I believe is taught in like American sexual education, is that like yeah you're you're a piece of chewing gum if you're a woman obviously this doesn't apply to men um that um and so people yeah yeah yeah. um that you imagine um a piece of chewing gum it's like once you've chewed it i.e lost your virginity um it's essentially worthless it's still technically a piece of chewing gum but who the fuck would want this gross piece of chewing Mm. gum that someone else has already chewed um and that's you um little 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 girls i was gonna say boys and girls but no no the boys (laughs) boys get the fuck um yeah yeah but yeah yeah and like i've only learned recently like in the last four years that like my understanding of a hymen was incredibly accurate and like the term sorry incredibly inaccurate yeah i was gonna say okay (laughs) yeah i just had this really progressive (laughs) of woman's anatomy no quite the opposite um uh, the, the term like pop your cherry. Explain it to us then. <laughs> the term pop your cherry has done a lot in the way of muddying the water. It's like not the hymen doesn't break. It's a stretching. I wouldn't call it a muscle, but it's a, you know it's it's not it's something that that for plenty of girls uh, is quote unquote broken at several times during their life and is not a breaking of a seal as if they were a Capri Sun um the (laughs) so anyway all of this to say that this movie was probably uh probably left its impression on the 15 year old wwe wwe fans who would have hooned this back in the early 2000s (laughs) like those boys are the ones that watch this movie and be like fuck yeah he took her virginity and it's ah, it's gross and steven sommers i'm so disappointed in you bro what are you doing? He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. What the fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck? <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Dwayne Johnson in this movie? Uh, yeah, th- this is interesting because 
like yeah the the map of Dwayne Johnson's career that yeah you can actually like uh, I mentioned this last week but like the um if Jungle Cruise uh, Jungle Cruise coming out this year is like your textbook what Dwayne Johnson does now he's he's a beefcake mm. he's self-aware he's in a jungle and then in 2001/2002 when this came out this was like the start of his career and it was very much like the the raised eyebrow and the mm. like i yeah i'm I, i'm i'm a former wrestler turned actor but then in 2011 in the in the exact middle point of these two he started to do interesting things and that's why we got his character in fast 5 and it's like he actually mm. tried and it's and it's it's funny that he's seeing he's like come back around to this style of acting of just being like mm. i'm just playing myself in every film just give I me the see, paycheck right. but it's like he's now got the charisma to kind of back it up yeah and and and, and the acting ability as well so right what what the rock is cooking is now smelt by the general public <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it's it's interesting seeing him try to do what he's doing now but before he could act yes no that's a good way to put it uh, he had a $5.5 million salary for this film and made the Guinness Book of World Records for the highest salary of a first-time leading man. Uh, That's really interesting. Overpaid, I think, for mm. the work he gives. Mm. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on how he becomes the Scorpion King? This is so. Do you want to do you want, do you remember how this happens in the movie? Like the movies, it doesn't even mention scorpions until it becomes very relevant, and then it sort of leaves you with the implication that he'll one day be called the Scorpion King because of something that happens. Do you remember? This? Yeah, because it's all about like um fulfilling a prophecy, and and they try to make it like oh maybe it's not going to be Matthias, but then it's like mm. well, this is a prequel. He gets he gets pricked with an arrow yeah. dipped in dipped scorpion, scorpion venom. venom. And yeah. um and then they're like, well, uh, you're the Scorpion King now, and it's like, okay. Well, it's because the venom now runs through his veins. He he gets healed by Cassandra because he's gonna die. She heals him, and now he's you know. But now the Scorpion venom will forever run through your veins, uh, which I will say was probably the coolest part of the movie. I thought sure, just that whatever. idea that he's like symbolically part. The coolest Scorpion. part of the movie is when he is buried up to his neck and they mm. set uh scorpions on him or is it fire ants? no fire, fire ants. ants yeah um they set fire ants on him and he uh is like picking them up and crushing them between his teeth and like trying to yeet them with his mouth mm. yeah that was good i could see that exact scene being in a modern day dwight johnson movie yeah yeah for sure it's, or, it's or, in, or in a brendan fraser mummy movie yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a good point maybe steve stephen summers must have written that scene (laughs) (laughs) um the Um, other the other interesting person as well i remember seeing that um david hater um voice of solid Mm. snake and writer of watchmen um yeah uh wrote some of the movie yeah Yeah. not the not the book we're not allowed to say who wrote the book (laughs) why not Oh, he he doesn't want his name. It, like whenever Watchmen is adapted, it says co-written by Dave Gibbons. It doesn't mention Alan Moore. It's a pretty clever joke, I gotta say. If you if you had knew this, you would have laughed. I think. Well, I don't I get it. What do you, do you still not get it? Wait, so Alan Moore. So Alan Alan Moore hates adaptations of his things he yeah. regrets selling the movie rights to basically everything he sold the yeah. movie rights to and as a result of that whenever one of his works is adapted his name is not in the credits interesting i don't know that yeah 
Yeah. Um, so the, 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 there actually was a real Scorpion King. I found this out uh, or a King Scorpion who was a proto dynastic, uh, leader in, I guess you couldn't say Pharaoh because it's proto dynastic, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in Egypt. Um, so that was interesting, but what's even more interesting is that Bill Hader, uh, was a PA on this film. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's credited as William T. Hayter Jr. And it was his last PA job on a movie because he hated doing it and quit. Uh, which I, you know, this was IMDb trivia and I cross-referenced it with 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 Bill, Bill Hayter's filmography. And, and it's true. He, this was the last, like, film he was a PA for. Wow. Um, I wish we, like, it would be cool to get, like, some real insight into the life of a PA on a film set. Eh? Yeah, if only uh, maybe in the next week we could get an interview with a with a production assistant. Well, okay. You, 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 like, I was being playful. You got too specific. Obviously, that's not going to happen. <laughs> The Mummy series is continuing <laughs> me is is continuing to make me doubt the wisdom of Roger Ebert. Um, oh, we God. we learned What's he we done? learned last week <laughs> we learned last week that Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which I've ironically written Empire, <laughs> um, was the best mummy of the Mummy trilogy. He gave it three out of four stars. Um, for for he also gave the Scorpion King three out of four stars, which is more than he gave the Mummy Returns. And here's what he wrote. Uh, Here is a movie that embraces its goofiness like a get-out-of-jail-free card. The plot is recycled... That's the smart way of saying it's a turn-off-your-brain movie. (laughs) The plot is recycled out of previous recycling jobs. The special effects are bad enough that you can grin at them, and the dialogue sounds like the pre-pyramidal Desert Warriors are channeling a Fox sitcom. For its target audience looking for a few laughs, martial arts, and stuff that blows up real good, it will be exactly what they expected. It was high-energy, the action never stops the dialogue knows it's funny and the rock has the authority to play the role and the fortitude to keep a straight face i expect him to become a durable action star uh, which is interesting that he was right about the rock but wrong about everything <laughs> i like like it is a turn your brain off movie but the bad kind i don't think it is fun he's saying like oh it's so dumb but it's such a good time i do i just yeah, no, this is a turn off your brain movie and that i wanted to slip into a coma and die yeah no, exactly. I agree. I thought this was so bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Um the I got some dumb IMDB trivia for us here. Sure. So over on IMDB, the trivia is user submitted, which means it's often very dumb. Uh, in the opening scene, the barbarian chieftain toasts to having killed Babylonians and Mesopotamians. These are the same people. I feel like that's like saying Aucklanders and New Zealanders. Because right, I think yeah, Babylon yeah. is a place within um, Mesopotamia. Speaking of, though, I did like the the opening shots of this film. It's probably the high watermark of the whole thing. Which mm, is whole franchise. It's just, yeah, it's just like these shots of these these are these snowy hills and then like a bad guy like walks into frame and his head fills the frame and then an axe hits him in the head and i remembered that so i must have seen this before um but i thought that's probably the cool that that feels like the second thing that steven somers would have written um that and the <laughs> fire clinging on to trying to it's think possible it's absolutely possible and as someone who can like notice his trademarks that i guess that's why i think 
I'm sure that you can. Some some things feel more summery than others. Mm. All right, next piece of dumb IMDb trivia. Some consider this film an unofficial adaptation of of the Conan the Barbarian stories. Okay. people can think whatever they want (laughs) yeah right like some consider okay they're wrong yeah it's not you idiot like why is this i don't care what other people think that's not a piece of trivia that's something you thought up person who wrote that trivia uh and finally uh when filming the fight between matthias and balthazar dwayne johnson accidentally elbowed michael clark duncan in the jaw and knocked the actor out for five seconds duncan went to makeup and had them stuff his mouth with cotton to make his face look swollen Duncan pretended he couldn't continue filming because Johnson had really messed up his face. Johnson felt extremely bad, thinking he'd really hurt Duncan. When the entire cast found out it was all a prank, they all laughed at Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and a later take, and a later take, Duncan ad-libbed, and we pray you never hit me like that again. Johnson and the cast cracked up laughing. <laughs> uh, like, I can't imagine John- Dwayne Johnson being okay with something like this happening on one of his film sets these days this feels like directly lifted out of the the feud book yeah yeah and just the one of his little like fragile ego oh poor me Dwayne the Rock Johnson (laughs) yeah he's all friggin weenie now like (laughs) you used to be cool somewhere in between the Scorpion King and Jungle Cruise like straight up like um between starting this podcast and now he used to be cool as well like mm. when when I, I when we did stand up together i had a whole routine about how much i liked the rock mm. and a whole, I wouldn't a whole be caught bit. dead doing that now Thank god knows <laughs> like now I'd do, I'd do the opposite and um yeah no mm. he's um just, i incidentally yeah. had a stand up but about um where i made fun of vin diesel and now they're both probably um, swirled into the same mm. shitty strawberry ripple um the second film we watched richard oh did you have anything else you wanted to say about scorpion king 2002 no i'm going to think i want to say about scorpion king 2 either well <laughs> well you're stuck here dig deep <laughs> scorpion king 2 rise of a warrior came out in 2008 this was directed by russell mulcahy who's a director of some f- uh, some franchise films i'm sure we'll cover one day including the highlander and the highlander 2 the quickening oh uh, he I've also seen, directed i've seen highlander 2 the quickening <laughs> is it good uh, no, it's famously one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> he also directed Resident Evil Extinction, uh, and he also directed a film in 1998 called Tale of the Mummy, which stars Christopher Lee. Uh oh. And it's not uh, we know it's we haven't missed one. I I was my heart skipped a beat when I saw this, <laughs> but no, it's it's completely unrelated. It's just a movie about mummies, and they scored Christopher Lee for like a bit part, and it is sort of a cute reference. If you go on the page, it's like the tale of the mummy, also known as Russell McHale Mulcahy's Tale of yeah. the Mummy, and like his name is like as big as the title on the poster. And it's like I didn't realize Russell. Oh, McCahey. the guy from the Highlander. I guess yeah. the Highlander actually probably was. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, he directed a bunch joke, of music but... videos as well. He did um, "Hungry Like the Wolf" and "Rio" for Duran Duran. He's actually done a fuckload of um, like very well-known music videos. To be fair, well, that video makes killed sense. the radio star. Oh wow! Wow, maybe we should watch his tale of the mummy. Mm, tale clips of the heart. What do you think the audience score is for this film? Forty-six. 18 way (laughs) off what are you doing 
Uh, what is Scorpion King 2 Rise of a Warrior about? After witnessing his father's brutal murder by the hand of the Ju- the ruthless General Sargon, Matthias, the son of their famous Akkadian mercenary Ashur, returns to ancient Acadia hell-bent on revenge. As a powerful warrior of the elite Black Scorpion Guard, the would-be Scorpion King travels to the underworld along with his childhood friend Layla and the Greek poet Ari to retrieve the enchanted Sword of Damocles from the dark goddess uh, Astarte. Mm. Can Matthias thwart the hateful usurper Sargon's megalomaniac vision and avenge his father's death? Um, I like that you pronounced matthias's father as ashur because that that sounds very egyptian in the movie they just say asher <laughs> um yeah so this one um it's it's a prequel and we've mm-hmm. got um a young dude who looks like dylan and cole sprouse um doing his be- best the rock impression and <laughs> this isn't a billy zane arnold Vosloo situation I can't imagine anyone else in the world thinks that these people look like <laughs> that this guy looks like this the Sprouse twins, but uh, I found it distracting. And especially, he looks when, a little bit like a uh, young Dwayne Johnson as well. Oh, uh, I, I disagree. Thought, I, I thought he looked enough like young Dwayne no, Johnson that I could be like this guy grew up to be Matthias. No, Absolutely, uh, could not disagree more. But he does the face. He does the rocks, um, and he looks like the Rock. I don't, <laughs> and um, yeah. Yeah, it's very like, this is supposed to be the same character. Let's move on. <laughs> um. So what did you think of the movie? I thought it was garbage. I said, fuck this garbage in my review, and I stand by that. Mm-hmm. You were very upset messaging me about this when because you, you watched it before me, and you were like, this is a new low. You were like, this is one of the worst films we've ever watched. Um. And I was prepared to, like, I was getting prepared. I was like, oh my god, is the Scorpion King going to be, like, is it going to beat Dungeons and Dragons as our lowest ranked franchise? <laughs> Honestly, I think it might. I don't think it will. I, I am surprised that you disliked this so much. Now. You're surprised before, I disliked the Scorpion before King Before I say anything else. You sounded course, insane. Listen no, to yourself. Before I say anything else, of course this is a terrible film. Of course it is. But Richard, you have horrible taste. No, I'm saying that I reckon this is about as good as these straight-to-DVD garbage sequels can get. Yeah, sure, sure, but it's fucking garbage, and it's one of the worst movies I've seen. But, like, all of Land Before Time is worse than this movie. Legally Blondes is worse than this movie. Half the Air Buddies movies are worse than this This is a 1%, like... (laughs) You're trying to convince me as a 1.3. Yeah. And I'm not going to meet you with, on that. I just think that that it, it, it was very reminiscent in art direction and budget to like Xena Warrior Princess or Hercules. Oh, like I famously me. love those two TV shows. No, I'm not. I've, got, I've moved on. I'm explaining why. Oh, well, why I haven't. I <laughs> um. This is what I imagine those those low budget New Zealand film we shows were like. <laughs> um, I I actually would have rather the original film had this plot as well. I think this is a better idea. The, the, the murdered father, the and going to the underworld Not and stuff like stealing I'd, a woman's virginity. Like no, yeah, exactly. I would rather Dwayne Johnson starred in this, and this was our Scorpion. King a, and it features prequel. a lot more scorpions as well. Mm, exactly. Um, 
And I think... And also, the, the, sorry, sorry. also, the, the Sword of Damocles is a cool MacGuffin as well. Like, a cool idea for a MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I actually ranked this above the first film. Uh, and also, by the, therefore, if I ranked it above the first film, I also ranked it above Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which is such an indictment on Tomb of the Dragon mm. e- Emperor that, uh, that the straight-to-DVD film yeah. made to promote Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, I think, is a better film. Oh, than yeah, because this came Dragon out in 2008 as well, though. Correct. Yeah. That is presumably why yeah. it was made so long after. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, maybe it is, but like, it's got a better plot than the first one. Um, mm. Yeah, but, uh, you yeah, know, it's fucking garbage and I hated it. Mm. Sorry about it. Did you, were you not, did you not feel like having... Was I not entertained? In... <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Gladiator, which we also just watched. Sorry. <laughs> um... Richard the Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior 1, Best Picture. <laughs> what did you, did you, were you not entranced by Ridley Scott's direction of the Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior? Um... Like, the, did as someone who's worked in television and like pretty like scrappy kind of low budget TV as well, did were you not uh, charmed by when they go to the underworld and it's a pretty cool set and there's it looks all right? Like I I found this film scrappy, I guess. And uh, yeah, I might have I found it scrappy it... three or four weeks ago. Hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm fucking right. This I'm, is a culmination of all yeah, the bad like, movies. Yeah, like fuck sword and sandal bullshit. Like I hate it, man. Wow. This, this actually like might be my least favorite genre. And now that I'm thinking about it, um, mm. talking about it is making me dislike Gladiator more. Um, <laughs> and um, Jason and the Argonauts. Once a movie that I was like, I'd never seen it, but I was always like, you know, Ray Harryhausen's effects are pretty cool. Um, and even though it's it's uh, allegedly not that great i've been meaning to check it out but it's a classic sword and sandal piece and um yeah could not fucking could not give a fuck like and wow. hercules xena warrior princess dungeons and dragons like there's something about this genre and game of thrones i'm lumping them all in together they're all stupid lord of the rings yep wow <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I I guess I just found it oddly charming. I rated it two stars, but I liked it. I I hit the heart button. I thought it was fun. You love that heart button. Um, I love it. If that it's heart button a... had a smaller heart button, you would click it. <laughs> Never speak to me or my son ever again. <laughs> um. So. I thought Ari or Ari, who's the 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 Greek poet. I think he's easily the series' most interesting companion. Um, he's he joins the the crew because well he knows how to get to the underworld, but he also wants to join the crew because um he wants exclusive uh, scribe rights to the Scorpion King story. Mm. I thought it was a fun performance and a fun character motivation um i so I, I liked him i thought out of all the people who join matthias over these movies he was the one that wasn't the same as every other character that joins matthias over the course of these movies yeah i i kind of um i kind of like the, the guy in the third one a bit more well not necessarily more but mm. yeah, whatever it doesn't matter That's fair uh there's a minotaur in this film they go to the labyrinth and as they're talking about a minotaur, I'm sitting there like, how are they going to have a minotaur in this movie? 
Uh, and they film it in a way where it's like quick flashes of, I think, sort of a mixture maybe of CGI and um, practical effects. In an actual monitor. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's like, that's scrappy. That's like, we don't have the budget, so show don't show it. Jaws, mm. Jaws rules, you know, like show it sparingly. And I, again, I just thought it kind of worked. Um, and... Well done. This movie is as good as it could have been on the budget it had, mm. I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, probably. And for that, for that I commend it. Like, like um, it, it would have been smarter to just donate that money to charity <laughs> like, and not make a movie. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. Like, if you made this movie to promote Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, just mm. buy tickets to it with the budget. Mm. Mm. I controversially think every single movie ever made should have probably donated the money to charity. I, don't I would think say you that's do. true of every film. <laughs> I believe it in 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 uh, theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. You, you, it, and it's only, I guess, it's only in more recent years that you've kind of come to care about things. Um, <laughs> oh fuck like you! That. At least I've come to care about things. <laughs> uh, yeah. One yeah. one area of this movie I think we can meet in the middle on though is uh that this movie the, the villain well it does suck but the villain is played by uh UFC oh, yes. star Randy Couture um who is so fucking bad in this movie it's very funny he cannot deliver a line of dialogue without mm. sounding like he's reading it um this is of course our second franchise mm. to have featured randy couture as he plays toll road in the expendables trilogy uh where i do not remember him being anywhere near this terrible yeah um he's well, he go look up at least <laughs> Yeah, go look up Randy Couture from Scorpion King 2 on YouTube. Watch clips of him. I don't know how to explain it. He's so bad at delivering so any line of dialogue. It's so funny that they cast him in this. At the end, he gets a tattoo of a of like a scorpion on his scalp, and it just looks like he's got a comb over. <laughs> um, I thought that... Uh, yeah, and, and and he actually he actually he, the final boss form as he fights Matthias is a scorpion, and I was like, oh shit, are they going to reference the famously bad CGI version of the Scorpion King from the end of the Mummy Returns? But they it was just a big CGI scorpion, which I thought was a shame because I would have kind of liked the interconnectivity plot of having Randy Couture, another person in the pro wrestler scene. Um, have his face superimposed on a giant scorpion. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, as it stands, Couture is easily the worst performance in what I'm dubbing the ancient Mesopotamian pro wrestler universe, <laughs> where it's it's just like regular ancient times, but everyone's a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And he's not the last one we'll see as well. No, it's certainly not. That's what I mean. It's like there's a whole cast of them, and it's as. And I feel like I made this up because every time I've gone to try and prove it, I haven't been able to find the the, the words on on any Wikipedia page or whatever. But like, did sure. did the WWE or I I don't even know if the WWE and like MMA are connected officially. No. But 
there's these franchises that like are co-opted by <laughs> by these these groups you know like surfs up 2 has a bunch yeah. of wrestlers in it and well, the, 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 kindergarten cop 2 has has a bunch of wrestlers in it and like is this one of them or does the fact that the rock was in the first one mean it was always one of these franchises well yeah so so like wwe studios is like a production company so right they are connected in the sense that they're made by the same production company. Um, mm. And yeah, you see a lot of franchises in here as well. Um, mm. Yeah. Like where we got, yeah. Like you mentioned the yeah, surfs up to wave mania. <laughs> um, Jingle all the way Two was one. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Having, having a quick glance. Was famous pro wrestler, Larry, the cable guy. Yeah. Does that is, is it have like a pro wrestler in it? Santina, uh, Santina Morella. I always thought Larry the Cable Guy was like a joke wrestler. When right, yeah. That was the first thing I ever saw him in. And I was like, he must be like a dud wrestler. Then, mm. you know, you buy you buy one of the PlayStation 1 games and you're like, I want to be Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> get her done. Get, 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 get her done. <laughs> like when you knock them down and you, you insult them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And another reason that uh, I like this film more than the first film is there's a lot more connective tissue to the mummy universe. The first film feels like it's the Scorpion King and actor and name only, but um, like in this movie, the staff of Osiris is mentioned by name and its powers are elaborated Man, how'd they on. manage to get the staff of Osiris? Mentioned by name. It's not actually in it. <laughs> Um, but these, this connective tissue is certainly more significant in the next film, Richard, uh, The Scorpion King 3 Quest for Power in 2012, which was directed by Roel Ryan, uh, who directed uh, Death Race 2 and 3. Excuse me. Hmm. Scorpion King 3 is called Battle for Redemption. Oh my God. <laughs> I've mixed them up. Oh my God. That's so funny. Scorpion King 3 Battle for... I gotta change... That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. I've mixed up titles. What have I become? I've mixed it up twice. That's just how little I checked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, the titles are pretty interchangeable, so... Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, wow, I'm flabbergasted. Do you want to take a guess at what the audience score is while I recompose myself? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be like mid-teens. Yeah, exactly. It's 15, Yeah, uh, which is the lowest one so far. Uh, and what is this movie about? Uh, so oh, I've actually written it down. Um, oh. In the aftermath of a deadly plague after the events of the Scorpion King 2002, the former Akkadian Scorpion King Matthias finds himself working as a mercenary hired by the King of Egypt, Horus, as Horus's ruthless younger brother Talus, played by um, the mummy's Billy Zane, is <laughs> after the book of the uh, the mystical book of the dead to summon an invincible army of ghost warriors, Matthias and his Germanic brother-in-arms Olaf, embark on a dangerous mission. <coughs> getting tongue-tied over here it's a complicated movie embark on a dangerous dangerous mission to rescue the daughter of an important ally the beautiful princess silda however an army of mysterious ninja warriors known only as cobra have already set their sights on capturing the helpless royal daughter will matthias mm. ever regain his throne as the one and only scorpion king yeah i forgot god was, will it happen i forgot there was ninjas in this film yeah man pretty crazy sick (laughs) (laughs) yeah bro 
what did you think of this one um this is probably my favorite one it um mm. like it was it was fucking garbage um it was like i hated every second of watching it um it didn't um there was no bright spots uh at all zero out of 10 stars <laughs> uh yeah i'm just barely hanging on by this point i don't think i'm able to critically evaluate the next three films yeah to be i also watched like three and four back to back and then i watched wow. five and finished like two minutes to 12 today and i was like yes i managed to finish like two minutes before i'm gonna start recording with my buddy mm. aj who's um who knows we're recording in two minutes and will mm. have gotten up you could have messaged me at earlier in the day today. i did and you didn't reply no i messaged, you messaged me at I messaged you a very fun fact, actually, but that relates to the mummy, which I discovered that um, so there's like a mummy ride at Universal called the Mummy Re- Re- Mummy's Revenge, um, and it won best indoor roller coaster at the Golden Ticket Awards so many times that they just retired that category and said and gave like an honorary like a lifetime achievement award to that ride and it pretty much said like as long as this is running nothing's gonna beat it so let's not even bother with this category wow that's the dream (laughs) yeah that's pretty funny um i like how it won the golden ticket award yeah that's that's makes me think of that's their charlie and the chocolate factory uh so i always thought that this film and the scorpion king franchise was like four fifths prequel i always thought that because they couldn't get the rock back they started a new timeline earlier in the in the, the timeline and- yeah I, I so did i I, th- I thought that three four and five were set between two and one yeah and do you know what too. i found out that wasn't the case when this morning okay you, I, you didn't i was just like notice the actor was the same age roughly as the rock and you know i was just like actor. it's weird that like and they and i was like i thought he doesn't become the scorpion king yet why do they keep calling him the scorpion king <laughs> um and that was when i worked it out this is set after um after the first film uh and the rock is replaced with a guy named vincent victor webster plays matthias um and this and the next film um uh this is just a like it was it's very i thought it was very weird to hear events from the scorpion king which at the time was 10 years old uh relayed in this movie uh they they talk specifically about the like name characters and stuff because it's like it's it's relayed so meticulously like this is a revered canon like this is a revered mm. timeline and it's like no one gives a shit about the scorpion king i probably wouldn't have noticed if the continuity wasn't preserved you know yeah uh, but Do it you, is um, for- uh so, uh, victor webster's an endgame who's he play uh and that's right in dead rising endgame he plays chuck green do you know who else is in that movie chuck green's the main character in dead rising endgame billy zane is also wow. in that film um and also funnily enough that it's called dead rising endgame there's a woman <laughs> named marie avgeropolis which if you just add like two letters to it says avengeropolis which could have been an wow. alternate title for endgame wow uh well you've already touched on it richard but probably the most significant talking point of this film is its background cast uh we have ron perlman uh join the crew who was recently cast as as optimus primal in the new transformers right, yeah. movie and everyone's like holy shit and i'm like 
this dude was in the scorpion king 3 i don't think it's a big get to get mm. <laughs> rob perlman in your film uh timuera morrison is also in this film say his full uh, name timuera please stop casting me in things morrison though he's not is not especially stand out as bad in this movie. Yeah, because um, like the whole movie's so bad. I'm it's a compl- I'm saying Timura Morrison rises is above on par with straight to DVD acting. <laughs> um, and guys, you're not going to believe this, but the actual Billy Zane joins the cast, <laughs> um, which is so funny. We did not know this when we recorded the mm. episode last week where you went on and on about how you thought Billy Zane played Imhotep because Arnold Vosloo and Billy Zane share a passing resemblance. Not as much as the kid from Scorpion King 2 and The Rock, I think. But certainly, <laughs> I can insane. certainly see That's what you're fucked. talking about. That's a fucking thing to say! <laughs> uh, and, you, you know, like, Billy Zane joining this movie, I'm sure you're not the only person to have made the Arnold Vosloo uh, comparison before. Yeah, if you, if you Google Arnold Vosloo, it like auto it auto fills mm. Billy Zane, which leads leads you to question like, is any of this part of why he was cast in this movie? Like, is Billy Zane in this, or did people talk about it on set? Or <laughs> yeah. did, 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 does Billy Zane not even know that the Scorpion King three is set in the Mummy universe? That's yeah. also if, if you like type in did Billy Z into Google, it says did Billy Zane play the Mummy. <laughs> There you go. But it's also probably just been listening to me. But very funny. Very funny to uh, the funniest person who could show up in the series yeah. <laughs> after last week. But only for this podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so also joining the cast is the still then pro wrestler Dave Bautista, uh, along with mixed martial artist Kimbo Slice. So we're we're keeping the the mixed martial arts and pro wrestling universe yeah. well pumped. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Bat- this was Batista's, Batista's in this. Yeah, uh, it's not his very first role, um, hmm. but very early on. And it's just funny watching a movie like this and being like, you'll never guess, but that guy's the best actor here. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, a, a relatively unremarkable performance given by mm. him. And, and also, like, he, he shows up so late in the film as well that I was like, have I not recognized Batista? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so of note as well is that the main MacGuffin in this film is the Book of the Dead making its first appearance since The Mummy Returns, uh, which I thought was, a f- again, it's fun to see it actually try be set in the same universe. Um, and it's used in approximately the same way uh, in that they use the Book of the Dead to command like the soldiers of the undead. Uh, but... Uh, it is weird in this movie, like in the mummy, the the soldiers of the undead are like all mummies themselves and, you know, sort of like mindless zombie skeletons, kind of brain dead. Uh, but this is the the people that that are controlled by the Book of the Dead in this movie is Dave Batista and Kimbo Slice, among others. Uh, and it's very like the, I don't quite understand the mystique now because when it's just mindless zombies i'm like yeah you're controlling you it's an enchantment but when they're like people who still appear to have agency it's like surely the magic is not so strong that you're just like well yeah gotta do this like batista um essentially wants to join the heroes by the end of the film Hmm. um and like as he's about to kill one of the main characters off order of the book he's like you were a worthy adversary but he's like, boy, I gotta do what the book says, and they managed to to break it before he kills anyone. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that it was cool to use something from the original series in this. Mm. 
Yeah, um, fuck Batista's yeah. good, eh? Yeah. Did Not you see specifically in this? But um, did you see the um the thing the other day? Um, again, actually ties in, but that um, uh, like John Cena and The Rock have said, oh, they'd love to do a film together, and then someone tweeted it. Um, and said like get get Dave Batista get at Bata- Dave Batista in there as well and Batista replied and said I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how like hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He just refuses to play Hollywood with everyone else. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, when, when James yeah. Gunn was fired and he was like, Disney's fucked up. It's like, don't, what are you doing? Bro? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, good on him. I mean, who's going to fucking no. tell, tell yeah, him exactly. that, you know? exactly uh here is the final paragraph on the wikipedia plot summary of scorpion king 3 quest no battle for redemption um it says during the credits it's revealed matthias and silda shared a kiss on the night of the of their earlier party though silda appears to leave the prospects of a relationship with him behind as she bestows him the artifact which could one day be used to contact anubis while matthias may still have a while before deciding to lead his people on his fated quest to take over the known world his destiny is now more clear than ever and the subtly more militant stance he has taken compared to where he was at the end of the prior original film with book of the dead left intact for the subsequent events in the mummy returns and the scorpion king's own journey paved for the opening sequence of the mummy returns uh very interesting to, to read something written by someone who's clearly very passionate about the, the series <laughs> um and i think it does it did make me think of like there is an interesting idea in watching like a breaking bad-esque storyline of a once noble matthias falling from grace to become mm. the notorious like villain Scorky. that the scorpion king is the scorky um that we see in, in the mummy returns but it, it, the movies don't seem to be aware that they could do this like this paragraph is written like it's all very intentional i think i can't remember what movie it is in but i think there is one line where he's where he like questions something about like power corrupting p- corrupting great mm. leaders and it's kind of like oh that's going to happen to him but it feels like that's if these movies cared about the connective tissue between them they could actually maybe be quite interesting and it doesn't need to be five movies but it could maybe be one movie (laughs) of 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 the scorpion king slowly becoming a tyrant you know like Mm. why yeah i don't know i just think that's interesting that they didn't click on to doing that Mm. Mm. next film the Scorpion King 4, The Quest for Power, came out in 2015. Uh, this was directed by a man we've shared an email chain with, uh, Mike Elliott. Uh, this makes The Scorpion King our third mostly straight-to-DVD franchise to feature a film directed by Mike Elliott, who directed Beethoven's Big Break and American Pie Presents Girls Rules, uh, which is a very important film mm. to Cole Popshire. Um, the, the other thing that, that kind of like I kind of noticed while watching this as well is that like 
all three of those franchises as well have mostly unrelated to each other DVD sequels, but mm-hmm. have two that are more connected. So in this one, we two see... Two in a row in the middle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah usually, like, it, it's a role not being recast, whereas every, yeah, every yeah, other time. At, at the very least. Yeah. Um, so Beethoven's third and Beethoven's fourth share a cast. Uh, they also share a director who we've interviewed. Yeah. Um, American Pie presents the Naked Mile, and American Pie presents Beta House are right next to each other in the middle and share. They have the same stifler. No, they share the full cast. Yeah. Um, and the Scorpion King three and four share Victor Webster as Matthias, which is the only actor of the four to play the Scorpion King in two separate roles in Scorpion King films. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Elliott also, for what it's worth, produced Bring It On Worldwide hashtag Cheer Smack. Um, and yeah, this is probably one of our crazier randomly placed use of statistics. Um, you, you you touched on it there, but I'll just to just to say it in a full sentence. Um, the Scorpion King is our third mostly straight to DVD franchise to feature one film directed by Mike Elliott, as well as including two films in a row in the middle of the series, which share the same core cast who don't return for later films and weren't in previous films. <laughs> Love it. Mm. Um, if we. If we somehow land uh, Blue Crush and Blue Crush 2, yes. Um, yes. then we've done his entire filmography. Correct, yeah. Uh, this has 21% audience score, so higher sure. than the previous two. Yeah. And what is it about? Uh, and I probably enjoyed this one more than the other two, to be honest. Um, you said the third was your favourite. Who cares? Make up your fucking mind, bro! <laughs> I need you to be direct on this! Uh, double-crossed by a good friend during a dangerous quest to retrieve the Urn of Kings, a rare artifact that unleashes the ancient power of the sorcerer Lord Alcaman. Matthias, that's such a weirdly structured sentence, Matthias sets out on a journey to the kingdom of Novania to deliver a peace treaty. Instead, the Akkadian warrior finds, him, warrior finds himself wrongfully accused of murder with the soldiers of an entire kingdom after him. Now Matthias must rely on his skills and his only allies, the fellow prisoner Valina and her inventor father, Sorrel, to escape from the hostile realm in one piece. Is the Scorpion King capable of stopping the Dark Warlock's magical force um another um thing that this uh, has in common with other films we've covered is barry bostwick's big Mm. fucking head (laughs) (laughs) i thought his head didn't look as big in this one uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i'm pretty checked out by the franchise by this point uh i don't Mm. feel aggressively beating me down like i did with like land before time uh but it's mind-numbing which is not a good thing mm. either. My mind um, is completely any, numb. Do you have any other... What any, did you anything else I want to say about it? it? No, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I like... The, 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 this introduces a lot of, like, humour as well. Um, mm. I don't know, like, introduces, but, it, like, it, it it has, like, dumber humour, I think. Um, yeah. And the, the, like, the doddering old inventor man um, is... Yeah. It's all, almost slapstick and... Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's it's weird it's one of those things like uh reba wilson and james corden and cats where it's like and in any other film this would be the worst part but it's <laughs> it's a welcome breath of fresh air yeah, no, because the rest so of the movie right. is such a fever dream yeah um so barry bostwick so for those who aren't familiar with our podcast uh we've seen him before in bigger fatter liar and american pie presents girls rules uh but also joining the cast um and taking front and center on the film's dvd cover is lou ferrigno who shows up at the start for a total of maybe 
six to seven minutes, uh, mm-hmm. but it cl- was clearly the biggest get because boy, does that poster make him look like he is the Scorpion King himself. Yeah, <laughs> and it's weird because you also have like Rutger Hauer and Emmett yep. Walsh. Um, and Michael who, Bean as well. Yeah, um, who are both like who are familiar faces. Um, mm. Michael Bean, what do I know? Oh, he's Kyle Reese, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've also got WWE's Eve Torres, uh, who is joined by other people you'd call familiar faces if you're into MMA, such as Roy Nelson, Antonio Bigfoot Silver, and Don Wilson. <laughs> sure. Um, this film also stars a reoccurring, uh, vil- bumbling villain character played by Brandon Hardesty of the YouTube series No Small Parts, making The Scorpion King our second spin off series to feature Brandon Hardesty in the fourth film. <laughs> Yeah. as he was one of the main characters in American Pie Presents The Book of Love. I love our little statistics. I can't mm. believe we ever retired them. They, that's all this episode is was worth yeah, yeah. It's useful. Is it, um, <laughs> is it hardest? Or wouldn't it be? Surely it would be Hardesty. I don't know. Hardesty? Hardesty just feels feels silly. Oh, really? I think, I think Hardesty is the bigger stretch. That's not how I pronounce any word at all. All right, I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> Why would you pronounce other words like that? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Victor Webster as Matthias? Do you think where do you think he ranks as the actors who we've seen portray the Scorpion King so far? Oh, he's the um, he's the uh, Kane Hodder of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. What Does do you that want mean you? I don't. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there's a scene in this movie I posted on Instagram where they tumble down a mountain and it's pulled right out of like hot shots. Um, and the the female character has a GoPro and a lot of it is very clearly filmed on a GoPro. Oh, gorgeous. Very silly. Um, and IMDb lists this movie as the Scorpion King, The Lost Throne. Still, it still lists it as that. So no wonder I'm getting the title mixed up. <laughs> and I've got one piece of dumb IMDb trivia for this film. Uh, there is a scene during the credits. Ooh. What is it? Not telling. He's relieved uh, from his service to King Zakua, who allowed him to stay with Queen Valina in her service. Valina and Matthias share a kiss as Gorak and Chinkara are also present to make it. Yeah, the, 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 we, we glossed over it just then, but yeah, the GoPro stuff. My God. Mm. So, uh, Hobbit flashbacks. Our second yeah. franchise. Our second franchise to have a sequel franchise within the franchise, a prequel franchise within the mm. franchise, to have an ill-advised use of GoPro <laughs> <laughs> after the Hobbit. Uh, Richard talking for the Scorpion King uh, for quest for power for about the same time as Lou Ferrigno is in the movie. Mm, um, I have it. nothing else to say about no, this let's film. Let's move on. I've got places to be. Alright, the Scorpion <laughs> King Book of Souls. 7 minutes 49 seconds might be a record for the shortest we've ever No, it's not. We, we No, it's not at all. Okay. The Scorpion King Book of Souls came out in 2018. Why not? Uh, it was directed by Don Michael Paul, who directed Kindergarten Cop 2, Jarhead 2, Death Race 4, and Tremors 5, 6, and 7, as well as a myriad of other sequels in long-running straight-to-DVD franchises. What do you think the audience score is for this film? 11. 
Richard, this has a, a 79% audience score, <laughs> uh, which beats The Mummy 1999 with its 75% audience score, making it the best movie in the Stephen Sommers universe, according to audiences. That's so funny. It's uh, a lot of reviews as well. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. Um, what is this movie about? Uh, all right. So, in ancient Egypt, <laughs> um, the mighty warlord Nebserek steals the fabled fang of Anubis, a cursed sword imbued with the power of hell and the strength of its countless victims intent on creating his evil empire. As the ruthless monarch burns down to the ground a small village the wounded Akkadian mercenary Matthias joins forces with the Nubian princess Dala to embark on a long and dangerous quest to find the mystical book of souls the only thing that could be put into Nebserek's tyranny will the legendary Scorpion King bring hope and restore peace um, spoiler alert the book of souls is a person and she's Sup- fucking sexy <laughs> that's like uh, that's part of the plot that's not me saying that <laughs> no you can still say that no I don't think she is She's gross, okay. bro. <laughs> uh, Zach McGowan plays Matthias in this film. Any thoughts on his performance? Is he better or worse than the others? No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty inoffensive film. Uh, I thought there was some mildly fun stuff and nothing that pissed me off uh, more than it bored me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty funny how each film in the series, though, ends with some kind of narration saying, but his legacy will be remembered as he one day becomes the Scorpion King. And then each sequel is basically like, but first, he did this. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they all end like they're the last one yeah um tala who is the female lead in the film the warrior princess explains she is balthazar's daughter meaning michael clark duncan's character from the first film mm. is her father he's said to have died against the big villain in this film uh which is whatever but then later in the film we see a flashback to balthazar getting ki- killed where he's been recast as some guy uh, <laughs> but he has the same funny haircut that balthazar that michael clark duncan has in the original film um which is relevant because it's a funny haircut (laughs) but yeah this is another example of like how weird it is to see canon of forgettable movies maintained Mm. like it reminds me how when we watch the fright night series how by the time you get to the final fright night movie four movies which only one of them is a sequel and the other three are the same movie being told differently it's crazy to get to fright night 2 um as in the 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 fourth the one. Last, the fourth one. Uh, and see this like obscure set of names and characterizations being like in new and interesting subverted ways. Yeah, and it's Jerry like, no one knows. Who- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows who these people are, and you're subverting like like as if they were classic Shakespeare roles. He's like, Oh, I can't wait to see Yada Yada Yada's take on on Othello. <laughs> Jerry Dandridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from what I can tell though, the only pro wrestler in this film is Australian Nathan Jones who plays Enkidu who is an actual um, like figure in Mesopotamian mythology and was Mm -hmm. considered the first literary representation of a wild man Uh, and this here is a rock golem with an Australian accent making the Scorpion King our second franchise within a franchise after Thor in the MCU to feature a big rock monster man with a trans-Tasman accent and he punches a horse in this movie (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, I actually, fuck, I missed um, one of my favorite moments in, fuck, it must have been four. Oh, we're going back. We're, go- we're adding to the clock of how long we've talked about. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe it was in three. <laughs> um, but the bad guy um, punches a little kid and then stabs an old man. <laughs> and it's like, it's because it's like, it's runs it's, the gamut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it literally is like, all right, how do we show this guy's evil? <laughs> and then, so, because it's one of these, like, he's giving a speech and everyone's surrounding him. And then he's just like, Takes this little kid and this old man's like you can't do that and he stabs the old man and it's mm. like yeah. the like one the, one of the most evil one two punches ever put to film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say about Book of Souls? Any other thoughts? Um, uh, We're, what, like we do, we are on a time limit, but also I'm genuinely I haven't cut anything. To, yeah. <laughs> to, to, uh, yeah, I mean we could have spoken longer if you bloody got up on time, but. Um, mm. But uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what we would have spoken about. Yeah. There's no IMDb trivia. There's nothing to, else to talk about. I didn't. I couldn't even find. And I looked. I couldn't even find any of that information. I always want to know about straight to DVD sequels of like why, why this one? <laughs> yeah. Why the Scorpion King? Who's who's hanging out for a new Scorpion King movie? Yeah. And and because you assume that like these kind of things died. Like, but mm. yeah, no. 2018 is is insane. It's it's after we started the podcast. Yeah. But the. Uh, I, I did. What did you think of like the fact that it's the whole like I'd advise not getting killed by her, her sword traps the souls of its enemies. That it's essentially <laughs> true because Katana the from souls Suicide Squad, but it's two is, years after that. Wow! So the the Book of Souls, who's a woman, has the souls of all the the men who her father murdered written on her body. And the only I thought it was shit how the only way to break the curse or whatever it is is to kill her. It felt very strange that like. Mm. Well, no, she, like, she wasn't a virgin anymore though so she was just expendable legitimately it's in the same ilk yeah. as that yeah. of, of it being like yeah you can just kill off the disposable lady character yeah yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't like that at all yeah uh, um so all right well let's move on richard to continue mm. the franchise yeah we've done it we've we've finished mm. talking about them film to film let's talk about continue the franchise uh, just, just, just quickly though on titles as well um specifically mm. the fifth one the fifth one uh drops the the numeral that's true as well. yep um, which i didn't like just keep it at that point yeah, yeah. or drop it earlier yeah or don't never have numerals these aren't films that these aren't films feel no, right that you didn't nu- need to continue the numerals <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so this is where we're going to pitch our own continuation of the franchise. But before that, uh, the only thing that still exists in this universe that is of interest are two tie-in video games, which released alongside the first film. They are called The Scorpion King Sword of Osiris on the Game Boy Advanced and The Scorpion King Rise of the Acadian on GameCube and PS2. Both games were released in 2002. Sword of Osiris on GBA was a direct sequel in which a wizard named Menthu and a witch named Isis kidnapped the Matthias, Matthias's sorceress bride Cassandra and use her powers to awaken the dunes of Natash and unleash a thousand year desert storm upon Egypt which sounds a lot interesting That's, that'll be on the Game Boy Advance so mm. in like shitty graphics and <laughs> um, I did also find out though that there's um, have you heard about the mummy demastered no what's that it's a video game based on the 2017 film and it's a Metroidvania style video game. It's like Hollow Knight's another kind of example, cross between Metroid um, and Castlevania. It's yeah, it's done in like that old school retro Metroid style 
um, right. art so it's and that's why it's called demastered because it's like we're taking it back to like pixel mm. art um apparently it's real good and like all the reviews are like it's way fucking better than the film ah, <laughs> cool yeah. that's awesome uh so for anyone interested rise of the acadian on gamecube ps2 was a prequel and the story involved matthias being sent to by the acadian king to assassinate the lord of kemet after he kills one of the acadian king's concubines uh outside of this though it's a fair bet that we won't see any more straight to dvd sequels in the scorpion king series because for some reason in november 2020 a reboot of the scorpion king film series was announced to be in development uh, straight out of compton screenwriter john Jonathan Herman is serving as screenwriter with Dwayne Johnson producing. The plot will reportedly be taking place in modern day and involving a contemporary adaptation of the Matthias slash Scorpion King story mm. uh the scorp this is what dwayne johnson said about it in the press release the scorpion king was my very first role ever on the silver screen and i'm honored and excited to reimagine and deliver this cool mythology to a whole new generation i wouldn't have had the career i'm lucky enough to have had it not been for the scorpion king and i'm thrilled that we at seven bucks productions can help create those same opportunities for those other hard-working actors today i believe jonathan herman will put in the hard work and deliver a fantastic script for our global audience very yeah that's the way he talks about uh, everything every film he's ever made yeah um yeah so i this has got to be the most left of field like out of left field Mm. uh reboot i've ever heard of (laughs) the the scorpion king it's Mm. such a strange thing to even vocalize yeah um i wonder if it will keep if it'll uh, pull a Star Wars sequels and like rewrite the canon, <laughs> like the the the, pre, the the straight to DVD sequels will become known as like the the legendary canon. Mm. Um, what's your continue the franchise? Uh, so it's a show. I didn't actually know the modern day thing in um in the the reboot, but uh, it sounds like they're not doing exactly this idea. But I think I've kind of realized the only way I can enjoy this kind of sword and sandal fantasy movie would be if you like yeah do, do essentially my pitch for pirates of the caribbean that it's yeah like let's have the scorpion king you can even bring dwayne the rock johnson back but like have him because he's immortal or whatever just have him show up now like mm-hmm. and it's just a fish out of water movie about the scorpion king he doesn't have to be part scorpion but I, that's the only way i can stomach watching <laughs> a fantasy movie as if it's set in modern day and it's about and it's a fish out of water comedy nice uh i've got a more sort of bog standard one um which i you don't need to give me anything you can just say yep cool we fulfilled the brief of continue the franchise all right um, we always uh, understand the assignment yeah um uh, the scorpion king the animated series like yep cool this this feels more like the series you make an animated series out of than the mummy like especially mm. you don't need the rock and no one's you can base it off him and uh it's the story of him the rise of him becoming well, the could, yeah because also like i haven't seen the mummy animated series but the the main characters are the o'connells right or o'connells yeah or whatever um o'connells yeah but they um yeah it's, it's like having to be like oh what's a new wacky thing they're gonna run into again but like the scorpion king like by definition he's going to like come up against all these different things mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. 
Uh, you gave me way more of that than I was expecting, and mm. I thank you for it. Richard, ranked at franchise. It's time to go over to letterbox.com slash where we have a list of all the franchises we've ever watched. We've watched 130 at this point, Ooh. making the Scorpion King our 131st franchise. Uh, let me make it, let me pitch to you where it should rank. I think it should be placed at 128 between the Sex and the City movies and Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I think it should be 131st. I don't think, do you really think that? I think there's, that Dungeons and Dragons is so much more aggressively bad that this, I would much rather watch The Scorpion King more than uh, any Medea film again. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. I, 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 I would much rather cap off Mamoon, Mamolai with a new worst franchise <laughs> what are you saying mamolai what is M- that mummy mum like you know they were like well let's do mummy um right and uh but oh mummy july yeah but it's, it's mummy july and mummy june <laughs> mamoon and mamolai I, look i agree that that it would be fun to do that to, to crown a new worst but i just don't think it's that bad i think there's too much that was like pleasant in this whereas something like land before time which is our 130th franchise ranked is such an aggressive there's nothing like, as good as the lone dinosaur in this franchise though that's mm, that's a good point <laughs> Let's put it 130th. It's because then in the last month or two, we've we've crowned a new second best and second worst. And then you've got the two, like, th- this is the kind of film that we are going to put last. Scorpion King. Oh, my God. I don't, I just, I, well, I would just, if someone was like, you're in hell for all eternity, you either have to watch one of the Scorpion King movies or any of the Medea movies for the all eternity. I'm picking a Scorpion King movie. I would so much rather watch uh, Medea's Witness Protection with Eugene Levy in it. Wow, that's true. All right, no fun. You convinced me. So it's not as. So we're putting it 130th, yeah. not 131st. Yeah. Okay. It is the second worst franchise <laughs> we've ever watched. That is a lot more than I thought we were going to give it. Uh, all right. And Richard, um, that brings us to the end of our little little mummy thing <laughs> we've been stupid. doing. little <laughs> stupid. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed spending the time with you. I've enjoyed adding the mummy compendium to my knowledge of film. Uh, I have not enjoyed most of the films, mm-hmm. uh, but that's okay. When does that ever happen? Richard, we what we 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 usually do film franchise f- 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 yeah I'll, franchise I'll roulette. Here. We normally do franchise okay. roulette at this point, and uh, you know I, I'm more than anyone. I'm the one who always wants to do franchise roulette. Um, uh, but we decided to do something a little bit different this week. Um, sometimes we tie into new releases if there's one coming out of the cinema. But um, at the at this point in time, we're um currently presented with like a, it's a very rare opportunity to do something quite interesting with the podcast um so what we're going to be doing is hollywood has basically made a franchise built for yeah. our podcast thank you very much hollywood so what we're going to be doing is next week uh no, so next week we've got something special but the week after that um on the next episode of film franchise wellness we're going to be covering the fear street trilogy which is on netflix um and the fun thing about this is so it's a trilogy um each film is set in a different time period they're like horror films based on rl stein novels who made um goosebumps but there um the first one was released 
Friday night, just gone. Next one comes out this Friday and the third one comes out the following Friday. So they're released a fortnight, within a fortnight, essentially. It's a film franchise fortnight. Yeah. Like it, it <laughs> they is. should sue them. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the, the the idea that we can uh, tie into a current release, um, I'm forced to pace myself with these movies because of when they come out. I, I've already seen the first one. I get to relax for a week. Um, mm. And then... Um, yeah, the, the other main thing, it's super easy to watch along at home for this franchise. They're all on, yeah. on Netflix and they're all new releases. There'll be plenty of discussion going on about them, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, please uh, watch along Fear Street 1994, Fear Street 1978, and Fear Street 1666 with us. And, um, yeah, come see us in two weeks for that. And then in two weeks' time, we will be revealing which film franchise we'll be covering after that. Um which um, will be chosen by Patreon. And also, fun fact for those playing at home, um, because so Fear Street will take us up to 597 films watched for this podcast. Um, and so the 600th film will, unless we do a two film franchise, will most likely be in that following one. So keep that in mind when you head along to www.patreon.com slash um in the next few days to suggest franchises for us to watch. Mm. And speaking of www.patreon.com slash that is where you can donate for as little as a dollar. You can you can help us choose which films to watch, um, help us tell us which films to watch, as well as a bunch of other rewards on there like exclusive podcasts and a movie club. Uh, and we also are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. There We've got two YouTube channels, Cult Popsha and Cult Popsha again, one for the podcast and one for uh, video essays. Uh, and we've also got a discord come join the discord all of these are linked in the show notes uh and stay tuned for after this music finishes and after we can put to bed the mummy meta franchise that it is uh we're gonna answer one of your questions from the post for the post credit scene segment which is yet another patreon reward um haku machente which is scorpion king egyptian for it's hot as hell Nice. Uh, in here because I have my heater on and could not turn around to turn it off. At That's interesting because I'm and, freezing. Like I can't. I can't even. Um, like I just wrote a message on my phone I'm, and my fingers aren't I'm going too properly. Hot. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, let's. Yeah, bye. Haku Machinte. I think it's Haku. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the post-credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where, if you donate five dollars or more over at Patreon.com/slash you get to give us something to talk about in this the post-credit scene. And Richard, what is our post-credit scene for this episode? Richard. Oh, he's gone. Uh, sorry, everybody. Richard had to leave. So you just left with little old AJ for ending ending what was a a blockbuster marathon of film franchise Fortnite's episodes with uh, one of the the people you've been listening to just disappeared from the show. But hey, them's the breaks. We didn't have time to record it any other time before the episode released. So you're just listening to me. But Richard once did one by himself. So now I'm stabilizing the scale. 
Wales by doing one by myself. And this one comes to us from uh, Luke over on Patreon. Luke has asked, what are your guys' favourite activities and hobbies to do away from screens and electronics? Well, I can answer that Richard's is escape rooms, which is where he is right now. He went to go do an escape room. So that is his hobby outside of... uh, screens and electronics uh for me this is a much more difficult question to answer um because most of my hobbies include a screen even if it's not specifically movies Uh, i play i hang out with my flatmates a lot and we play a lot of video games we play a lot of jackbox games that sort of thing they play a lot of board games but i don't like board games i i whenever someone is explaining like a strategy board game to me my brain just turns off i can't comprehend what they're saying the only strategy game i know how to play is settlers of Catan, and that's because i just watched other people play it for like two years before i absorbed how to play and can play it now but i i mean i like like pictionary and boulder dash and and i like games where you can be creative i like games where you can where you can answer trivia i just don't like having to think strategy i don't like thinking about how i'm going to uh, overthrow Madagascar you know like I'm just not good nor interested in that I think if I'm if it doesn't feel like I'm flexing my creative muscles or getting dopamine hits for knowing the answers to pieces of trivia I'm not interested in playing it um, but outside of that uh, if, in terms of away from like the house I love a good road trip. I love exploring. I love going on adventures with my friends. I can't drive, so it's very rarely uh, something that I do. That that you know. So um, other than that, uh, is podcasting a screen? I just do podcasts. Is that a screen? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other. This is really making me question who I am as a person. Am I just this joke of a guy that that only only watches movies what else do i do i like cooking well no i like being involved in cooking i don't really like cooking myself but i like cooking with friends i guess um i like god oh my god who am i what's going on who have i become I need Richard here to be my anchor. Without Richard making fun of me, I have to make fun of myself, and it just makes me sad. doesn't make me sad when Richard does it. Um, what, are you, what are your guys' hobbies? Oh, my God. Who am I? Uh, 